never left wondering lately when you come here and you listen to Range Anxiety. And thank you for coming back to listen to the middle of the week epicast with the crackle. It's like pork, just as tasty, full of flavour. Just like a friend of mine's beard. We won't go into that, this epicast. Enough of that. Don't blame it on the boogers. Not everything's to do with them, just most things. And thanks for coming back. And uh, yeah, that was the Hoodoo Gurus with What's My Scene. They're an old band now, a bunch of Aussies. But I saw them live, I think, at the Adelaide Uni Bar in the 80s, uh, mid-ish to late-ish. And it was a time before they were really well known. So yeah, I kind of have a little bit of a, you know, assimilation with them. Speaking of things ending in Asian, I received some feedback from an oyster farmer and uh, he said uh, he tried to imitate me and it was like, thank uh, you for uh, listening uh, to a ranger anxiety. Apparently my enunciation, according to the oyster farmer, was a little bit shocked. So I'm sorry if my voice does offend some of you. I mean, it offends me. There's nothing more horrible than having to listen back to your own sound. It's like, oh, it's painful. But yeah, thanks, Uncle Tone, your flog, for pointing that out. So today, we're going to get straight into it. It's not going to be the longest of Epicast, but it's going to be a cool one. And it's going to be something that, I don't know, it's not going to upset anybody, because it's not really about EVs, so it's not going to be polarising at all. It's about car types and what I've seen come and go and go and come, and What's about to go right now? Because lately there's been a lot of hoopla made of the new Nissan Z. Some people back in the day called it the 400Z, but I think it's a bit like the R35 GDR. It's just called the Nissan GDR. This is just the Nissan Z. And it's an odd-looking car. I mean, the JDM fanboys, they're every bit as bad as, uh, you know, Elon lovers in their own way. Obviously, they don't love Elon. They love everything JDM because they think the idea of delivering tofu in a 40-year-old Corolla as the early version of Uber Eats is something cool. Well, you know, belonging to a drift club called the Red Bums, I think. Oh, sorry, Red Suns, I think they were called. You know, a lot of it's based on shit that people have never experienced, the whole JDM thing. Because, you know, most of the people that are right into it now weren't old enough to have gone to Japan when it was actually cool rather than filled with Mr. Donuts and English signs everywhere. Yep, you heard that here first on Range Anxiety, sponsored today by Stellantis. No, we're not, actually, and I don't think they'd ever sponsor me. They would actually quite hate me. So let's have a look at the 400Z. I haven't seen one in the flesh yet. There's a disclaimer for you. But, jeez, it's an awkward-looking car. For some reason, when I see the front of it, and this is coming from a Model 3 owner, right? There's some perspective for you. When I look at the front of it, I think Fiat Barchetta or something like that. Now, the Fiat was a good-looking car on its own right, but it's got these funny-looking sort of almondish kind of eyes and, and retro sort of inspired grill that wrap around to what looks like an old Pontiac Fiero or something at the rear end. It's like the totally the front end and the rear end of the car to me are out of sync. And then it's got this stupidly high turret and to make the car look lower they've given it a higher waistline. You know, it's a bit like the old dude you see um, that 
pulls his like pants up over his belly button. You know what I mean? It's I, I suppose it could look cool. And look, I think when the things slammed on its guts with 80 degrees camber front and rear and totally unusable, that it might look all right. But at the moment, I, I, th I think it's a bit awkward. And that's just me. Some people might love it and be hating me, but it looks narrow, tall, Pontiac Fiero at the rear, and teardrop arm and eye style fit Barchetta at the front. It's an ungainly looking car to my eyes because it doesn't flow in terms of its design. And that's one of the problems with it, right? Nissan were uh, trying to get rid of some old parts. I mean, the 370Z was the 350Z, which was new 20-something years ago. Um, and yet, you know, the current 370Z, apparently you call if you call them a Z. We're in Australia, so we'll call it a Z. If you don't like it, you know what you can do. Um, the new one is based on the old one. So Nissan have just gone to the scrap bin. It's the same chassis. To make it stiffer, they've had to bolt bars and rods and shit into it everywhere, which has made it heavier. It weighs something like just under what an R35 GDR weighed when it came out. Like, I think it's 1650 or 60, and what was the GDR? 1740? Something or 1760, you know? So it's not a lot lighter than a GDR, and it's a smaller car. It's... Uh, got less driveline in it, hasn't got some stupid big DCT in it and a front diff and two sets of tail shafts. It's a heavy car, but they've had to make it heavy to try and stiffen it up because it's based on a wobble board. And because of that, it doesn't do anything particularly well from what we can see. Um, for example, it's 0 to 100 time is sort of not much, for, and it's a twin turbo 3 litre right out of the Infinity, another part spin engine. Which, you know, hasn't been around as long as the VR38, but we'll get into it shortly. It's not as good as a VR38, right? A VR38 was like a closed deck, da-da-da, this thing's a, a semi-closed deck. It sounds like Subaru, frighteningly enough, but it's not as good an engine. It's a D, I, I believe it's direct injection engine, which is what it would have to be to meet any form of emissions these days. And they've got the thing screwed up to 298 kilowatts, or 400 horsepower in the old, you know, freedom units from Stellantis spec. And yeah, it kind of is what it is, but it doesn't deliver a very scintillating 0 to 100 time. It's around five seconds flat, which you could do in the old normally aspirated Nismo if, you know, you knew how to drive it and got lucky. So even though it's a turbocharged, you know, three litre versus a, a twin turbo three litre versus a, a normally aspirated 3.7, it's not much quicker. Sure, it's going to be more tunable as people stick tons of boost into them, but it's also going to become more unreliable. At the moment, we're going to talk about just the stock cars. So it is quite underwhelming. Now, all Nissan had to do to make this a total shitbox was suspend it and steer it really poorly, like it was a race car, like it was for the Nürburgring, like it was delivering tofu in the back hills of Osaka, Racing RX-7s with the Red Suns. Oh, Initial D. Pretty cool comic. Not as cool as Planet of the Apes. More on that later too. But, yeah, Nissan actually won me over here. So they've kept it a Boulevard Cruiser soft. Like it leans when it goes around corners apparently. The people I know that have driven them have gone, man, this thing's floppy. You know, which to me means... 
50 years of age, a nice ride. Apparently it has got quite a nice ride, if a bit floaty. Apparently it sticks its nose up in the air a little bit under heavy acceleration. So it's a bit wishy-washy there. And the steering's a bit vague-ish, which they put down to just a shithouse choice of 1950 tyre technology. It's got right, Potenza's on it. What does it think it is? An R32 GDR or something. But to me, that actually makes it usable. There's nothing worse than the latest generation of cars. And AMG, you should be listening here. And same to you, BMW, to a degree. That just want to be racetrack, racetrack, racetrack. No one ever uses the fucking things on a racetrack. So why bother? Stop it. You're just making these cars uncomfortable pieces of shit to drive every day. Whereas the Z sounds like it actually could be quite a good thing. You know, leave it nice and high so you don't smash a front bar and side skirts and under trays off it everywhere you go. Leave the old Potenzas on it so you've got an F1 style sidewall, you know, like an EH Holden that soaks up the bumps and it's got nice compliant shocks. Just bang a tune into it. Sounds actually, and from what I've seen, my mate Trent at, I think it was Checkered Tuning in Victoria, just did a, an Ecutech tune on one. Someone here, and it looks really, really good. Looks like they make some, you know, reasonable gruntage. And that, right there, would be a good car. But nope. People are just got it in them to ruin them because they want to make it a JDM. Now, while it might, might be JDM, it's a very, a very clear that this car wasn't made for winding mountain roads. It was made for cruising Californian boulevards. And there's nothing wrong with that. I drive a car that's made to drive around California, and it's a lot of fun. However, it does narrow down, or it does expand, sorry, the very narrow choice of performance coupes that there is in Australia right now. Under 100 grand, let's have a look at it. I think the Z, with a few options, optioned up is about 75 plus on road. So you're looking at about 80k. Around there, or just under there, is the Ford Mustang with the venerable Coyote in it. Good package. Not everyone might be into the American stuff, but it's an honest old grunter. And they take well to a bit of wind being blown into them as well. And then 10 grand up the road around the 90s is uh, the Hermit Crab. The BMW, I mean Toyota Supra, which to me, although it's a very wonderful car and extremely power productive, is just a nothing car. To me, it's like the XF Falcon when it had a Nissan badge on it or a Toyota Lexan, which was a Holden Commodore. I mean, Toyota, don't be claiming too much, you know, in this because it's all BMW. You got it? So for me, the Z, if you don't like the Mustang, and I, I never was much of a Mustang fan, but the S550 and, you know, the, the, all the models up until now from the current gen shape, I reckon they, they're kind of growing on me and they're not actually bad things. They don't do anything particularly well, but they don't do anything particularly badly. But they're a great tuner's base and you can do some cool shit to them and you can make them go. You can make yourself a nine-second Mustang pretty easily probably cheaper than you'll make yourself a nine-second Z. But is that what it's all about? Well, what it's all about is that manufacturers clearly don't think that there's any market for coupes anymore. Now, hands up, all of you out there uh, that have owned coupes. I've owned coupes. Many, many coupes over the years. Actually, I still do. I'm looking out the window at one now, that bloody 507 Herman Z German. Would I necessarily stump up big bucks to buy another one? 
Nah, well, actually, when I say coupe, let me redefine that. Because the when um, Mercedes badged the AU Falcon as the first generation CLS, <laughs> gotcha, um, that was called a coupe, even though it was four-door. You know, Mercedes are into weird things like that, but there, there can be such thing as a coupe. It's something to do with the roof line if it's got four doors, but let's face it. We'll talk about two plus twos here then. Two doors with two rear seats, which are basically fucking useless. Like an R34 GDR, you'd have to have two kids that can fit in the back called Torso 1 and Torso 2, because if they had any legs, they'd never get in them. Well, an adult wouldn't. In fact, an S13 Silvia has more room in the back of it uh, then, or 180SX at least, uh, than an R35 GDR. So the point of the back seats is... Nup, you got me stumped. I've got no idea either. I don't know how big the Nismo... Oh, sorry, the Z is in the back. I did hear some good reports that it's got a lot of headroom in it, though, for big, tall Aussies and no doubt the Yanks that it's uh, focused upon versus the BMUPRA the Toyota 3 Series Beamer, um, which is a bit more of a compact and a tight fit. but the, And the Mustang, that's got oodles of room for heads and doodles and shoulders and whatever else you want. But the bottom line is, coupes are on the fucking nose. No one wants to buy them. The sales figures for all of them are underwhelming because they're just not cool anymore. You know how it went, goes through cycles when, you know... Sedans were cool, and then you know cabs were cool, and then coupes were cool. Well, coupes are out now. No one gives two shits about them anymore because, you know, once upon a time they saved a lot of weight over a sedan and were more sporty than sedans, but not anymore. You know, they've just become unfashionable. Not just because they're a sign of excess, because they're not really, and they're not really a sign of success. It's just a sign of. This jerk-off spent too much time uh, watching American TV shows like Miami Vice when he was growing up and can't afford a testicle rosser. Okay, so coops are on the way out. What's on the way in? Well, sedans. Sedans are on the way in, again, thankfully. Some of the biggest selling cars in Australia, if you take away the trader utes, and the trader utes only sell because they're a fully blown tax dodge. When that loophole uh, shuts, so will the sales of the trader utes. You know, Model 3's done really well here. It's a sedan. Model Y, well, that's going to do really well, but that's in a dying segment itself. But, but, let me say a but here. SUVs are shit and they're on the nose. I've said this before. And you wouldn't catch me buying one. However, I think the segment for a bloated, stupid SUV thing, like the big ones... I think it's going to come down because the roads and city living is getting too tight for them all. And it's just, they're just impractical, stupid shit boxes. So an SUV the size of a Model Y, that may work. That kind of does work. But an SUV the size of like, you know, a CX-9 Mazda or something overly large and stupid like that. It's, it's just going to go out of fashion just as quickly as they came in fashion. But you can't fit really anything more in them. The whole thing's a fallacy. And with fuel about to punch a hole through the sky again, in terms of price, they're not going to be cheap to run and they're not going to be any good. You know, they're just shit. So you heard it here first, on range anxieties, you always do, that the SUV is coming to an end. It will be slow. It will take 15, 20 years to knock them out. 
but mainstream SUV manufacturers will start to decline as the market says, we don't really need this shit anymore. So there you go. So pick of the coops, well, it depends what flavour you like, whether it's sushi, sauerkraut, or chili dog with cheese outside the tasty freeze. Who was that? That was Jack and Diane, remember? Yep, you beauty. Um, depends what flavour you like. Personally, I'm going to reserve my judgment till I've been for a drive in the Z. It's underwhelming to me because it's got an interior made of just hard plastics with no tech in it at all, and I like my tech. Maybe not for everybody, but I like my tech, and it's a techless device. It's an old 20-something-year-old chassis. It's got a mismatched bunch of looks, and it's got an engine, which is, you know, if it had a VR38 in it, yeah, it might be half a thing, but it's, it's just it just reeks of mediocrity. Hey, what can we make pretty much for free while we're in the business of going broke? Look, I'm sure people will love it, and I'm sure people are going to hate me for what I've just said about it. But unfortunately, boys and girls, they are the facts. And I don't think this is going to be a very big seller for Nissan. Outside the burst, you know, the initial burst, it's not going to save their hides. And it's not going to make them any money. It just might clear out some inventory for them and allow them to try and make mega margin on a very low volume car. So, yeah, sad as it is. Mustang, yeah, that'll keep going till it's a hybrid next generation, and the new Mustang looks kind of cool. The Hermit Crab, I'm not sure. It's still not that old to market, I'm sure. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll give the god-awful ugly thing a facelift, because underneath it all, it does have some pretty cool, you know, um, engine and transmission hardware in it, and it's so tunable. You can make them go really well. Like the very best tunable car you can buy at the moment would have to be the current gen BMW, like M Series 3s. You know, people are doing minimal mods to those and getting some huge performance gains out of them. You know, they've taken over the mantra from anything Japanese. You know, Japan is uh, just a mere shadow of its former self. And no, boys and girls, there will be no R36 GDR. Let me promise you that. They simply don't have the money anymore to do it. And remember, the last one was signed off just before the GFC hit. Otherwise, the R35 would have never happened as well. And with that, about 50,000 transmission rebuilders would be out of business right now. Now, before we go today, you know how you see uh, Facebook, you reckon, listens to you. You can be talking about something with a friend and next thing you see ads in Facebook. And they come up, it's like, wow, this whole thing, it's like, it's tracking me. Well, I've got a spooky one. Remember we were talking on the Epicast the other day about um, uh, the autopilot vision-based system in, in my Tesla Model 3, and we were talking about the drive, the massive road trip we did in the country, which was not so massive to pull, and I was talking about potholes and how I had to take over to avoid potholes. Well, wouldn't you know it, the very latest generation software update that came out 10 days later in autopilot, has a button on it that says, avoid potholes. <laughs> you got it. Now, I don't know if that's potholes that it has mapped into the system, which would be a bit odd, or it's potholes that can actively see my little co-driver with his eyes. But I'll be downloading it in the next couple of days and taking the car for a bloody good run to see if we can, you know, see any potholes. So I'm looking right now 
for a tyre sponsor and a rim sponsor because I'm more than likely going to wipe some out trying when and if the system doesn't work. And while, you know, all of the people that work at Stellantis might find that funny, I certainly won't. So look, thank you all for listening. Hope this is a clean Epicast today. I've had some noise again lately, but I've tracked it down, but you wouldn't have heard it, so I've cut things out in and out of the background. And I hope you've all gone and seen BYD. If you're interested in the BYD, go to an experience centre and get an experience knowing that it's Stellantis free. And um, to all the booger eaters out there, I hope you're really not disappointed because I didn't mention you this Epicast because it really wasn't about boogers. It was about really unfashionable two-door coupes. So with that, I'm about to sign out and thank you once more for listening to Range Anxiety.